Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Ranting Redneck podcast. We have a couple things that we want to get into this evening that uh, are, one of them is absolutely the stupidest, but yet most hilarious thing you will ever imagine, and I just, my inner 13-year-old would not allow me to leave it alone. On Saturday, October 23rd, in Los Angeles, California, there was an event held. The name of this event was the Small Dong March. No, not making this up. It was literally the Small Dong March. To end shaming of people with tiny penises. Okay. (laughs) This has gone too damn far, people. You know, be who you are. Enjoy what you were born with. That's between you and your partner. There were literally people marching down the street, guys wearing t-shirts that said, I have a small dong. The signs were just as bad. All dongs go to heaven. My personal favorite, my dong is not a choking hazard. Come on, people. And then there was a group of men who were at this march that said they were just allies of men with small penises they were but they were on themselves quite quite well off you know which (laughs) sorry you're there marching for you but it just amazes me that it's gotten so far we've gone so far that nothing is well a friend of mine on twitter made the comment that Absolutely nothing is sacred anymore. And Jeannie, you are correct. There is nothing that is off limits. It is just stupid. The things that people are now willing to put out in public. You know, we've gotten so politically correct that any little thing that somebody might be thought less of for or jokes made about, everybody has to have a damn march for. Of all things, people, for shit's sake... You know, they, why would you put this out in public? This has to be the second worst way to be recognized. You know, I mean, of course, absolutely the first, the worst way to be recognized is from being in a Valtrex commercial. But can you imagine, you know, this gentleman's at a local hot spot and he's had a couple beers and he sees this really attractive woman and he walks over and, Hey, let me buy you a drink. And they talk for a couple minutes. And she says, you look kind of familiar. And he says, well, I don't know. And then she says, oh, I remember. I saw your picture in the paper at that small dong march. Well, bye. You know, that good grief, people. Make some things sacred. Keep some things to yourself. I just... I cannot believe we have reached a point in this country. This is something that people make a public thing of, you know, it's just, it's between you and your partner and maybe those group of guys that you had to take post game showers with when you were in high school, but keep this at home. Don't put this out there in the street. It just, just don't. If you think that you need to have a march for some idiotic shit like this, 
just don't. Go look in the mirror, raise your right hand, say, I am an idiot. Use that hand to slap the shit out of yourself. Then go sit down and don't do it. It's just the last thing we need in this country. That'll be the next thing is the, the division between men who are normal to above average and men who are not. You know, is that what we really want? Is that to be the next line drawn in the sand? You know, keep a few things at home, folks. Just a few. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, my inner 13-year-old thought it was absolutely glorious to read the signs and to actually know that this event occurred. And, of course, naturally, it was in California where pretty much nothing can surprise me anymore anyway. But just keep it at home, folks. Keep it at home. This is not something that the public needs to know. The other thing I wanted to talk about is... The UN Climate Change Conference started today in Glasgow, Scotland. Runs from today through November 12th. And this is the biggest virtue signal, asinine mess that the useless nobodies put together. It's a bunch of political and wealthy elites flying in many of them on private jets, you know, an Air Force One, all these heads of state traveling in on their private jets, each of which probably throws out more carbon just starting the engines than my vehicle does in an entire year to lecture everyday Main Street people, the rank and file of the world on how we need to reduce our carbon footprint. You know, this this thing is so asinine. You look at look at these people like Elton John, you know, a while back, Harry and Megan were, were having trouble. They were just too stressed out. So he sent them on a private vacation on his private jet. Well, he said, we made sure we made the appropriate donation to carbon footprint so their flight would be carbon neutral. No, it's not, dumbass. Emissions are emissions. It doesn't matter who you give money to. That's the equivalent of the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages selling indulgences. Oh, you committed this grievous sin, but you give us this, you you know, you buy this indulgent and your time in purgatory will be way less for that. Well, that's what this kind of shit is. You know, we're all going to fly in in these big, huge aircraft. You know, Air Force One is a 747. I wonder just exactly what the amount of carbon emissions from a 747 on a transatlantic flight are. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty noteworthy, you know, and. 25,000 delegates attending this from 200 countries. So you know there was most of the people flew into this. People traveled for miles and miles and miles to get together and virtue signal and come up with these ideas and, you know, all this bullshit that apparently paying extra money in taxes can help somehow change the climate, which we all know is crap. You know, and the attendees here, of course, Joe Biden is there and Barack Obama's there. Somebody's got to pull Joe Biden's strings and shove an arm up his ass to make him talk. Um, Xi Jinping of China is not personally attending, and they are the world's worst polluter. Quite literally, their carbon emissions are higher than any other nation in the world. But he's not going to attend. So 
you know, and Prime Minister Modi of India. India is another one that has just a ridiculous amount of pollution they put into the air. They don't have all the environmental regulations that the U.S. and, you know, a lot of other industrial nations have. So the two worst polluters in the world, one of them is going to attend, but there's nothing going to change. And why? I mean, you know, you, you look at all these climate change morons and we're operating on 150 years of data on a planet that according to science is millions of years old. So we know absolutely shit about what the climate's going to do about how much climate shifts, how much things change over the period of time. You know, we, we don't know anything. We have one little, if you were to set down a sheet of paper and take your pencil and make a dot on it and then look at how much of that sheet of paper that covers, that's how much data we have in the history of this planet on what, on climate science, it's, it's junk science, it's garbage. It's, you know, and that's the reason that they went to a term like climate change. Cause in my lifetime, I've seen everything from we're headed toward another ice age to acid rain is going to cause mass famine and wipe out the world by killing crops to global warming. The polar ice caps are going to be melted. I believe by now we were supposed to be, have no coastlines. I believe the polar ice caps and world glaciers were supposed to be completely melted by now, according to Al Gore, who, interestingly enough, when he started all this climate bullshit, was worth a couple million dollars and is now worth 200 and travels by private plane to lecture us on how we should reduce our carbon footprint and we should reduce our emissions and we're killing the planet. And, you know, John Kerry the same way. He is literally in a created position called climate envoy. Now, I have no idea what the exact responsibilities of a climate envoy are, but apparently all it is is traveling around by private aircraft and lecturing private citizens on how they're killing the planet. So now they're having this big meeting, you know, and you've got all the usual suspects. Greta Thunberg's going to be there and who knows, you know, Justin Trudeau is there and which is a whole nother level of idiot. And you've got all kinds of media traveling there from all over the world. So what you've got is this big, huge, super carbon producing event. They claim carbon is ruining the planet. Well, how much carbon are they generating by holding this conference and having the media traveling to it? And all these 25,000 delegates, heads of state from 200 different countries. It's just the biggest stupidest, most moronic virtue signal in the history of virtue signals. You know, like I said, you've got like Greta Thunberg that this is a kid that should be in school and should be living a normal teenage life. But someone decided that was much more profitable and made much more sense to turn her into this climate activist and run her all over the damn planet. And it just, it's just asinine. They're they're not going to accomplish anything at this. They're going to sit around and talk about it, and you know, and and the reason that they they call it climate change now, they don't call it global warming or global cooling or any of that. It's such a generic term. They can, you know, it it's like uh, gun violence. It's a generic term. They can blame anything and everything on it. You know, oh well, they had a record high. Well, that's climate change. Well, they got rain. 
Oh, that's climate change. Oh, they're having a drought. That's climate change. Oh, it got cold. It's climate change. You know, they can literally blame everything on this. Anytime you have, you know, and if you look historically, a lot of our record temperatures were set back in the teens and 20s, 1915 to 1925. You know, you, and all of a sudden now we're killing the planet and places are going to be unlivable. You know, you've got AOC that's saying in 16 years, places, parts of the country are going to, planet will be unlivable. Well, shit fire, there's parts of the planet that are basically unlivable now. But I'm assuming she means those blue spots that you see on an electoral map because, well, shit, they're almost unlivable as it is. But, you know, they've made such an alarm thing out of this. Now they have this big, this is the 26th conference. And, you know, you, it's just where a bunch of people get together and they talk. And I'm going to say they snicker behind their by everybody's back say these idiots are going to do whatever we say they need to do because we've convinced them that this planet is dying and you know that if they don't cut their carbon emissions and don't start driving electric vehicles and well when you fly to europe in an electric plane to go to this conference dipshit then i will think about an electric vehicle until then no you know not only Fossil fuels are, yes, they are a finite resource. And yes, I, I understand that as time goes on, we're going to have more stuff that's electric and we're going to, that's, that's fine. I don't have heartburn with that. What I have heartburn with is someone telling me, you know, like in California, they've passed a law that I don't remember what year it is, but maybe 2035, you, you will not be able to buy a new gas new fossil fuel operated vehicle in the state of California. Well, that's where I have a problem. You know, if somebody wants to drive a, a Tesla or, you know, an electric car, I don't care. That's your choice. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I have no heartburn with it. But when you do things like artificially inflate prices of fossil fuels, like we see now, you know, with cutting off domestic production, becoming once again, dependent on foreign oil to raise gas, push prices up to push people toward electric vehicles that's where i have a problem with it you know it they're trying to take away your freedom of choice without actually telling you we're taking away your freedom of choice and that i am not okay with you know there we have too many people that have made this such a a political football and political hot potato that you know, this Green New Deal that is literally a way to break a nation. You know, you look at the, the Green New Deal and then you look at the policies that are included in it. It would literally shut down industry. I mean, it, it absolutely would break our economy because businesses can't afford the amount of money it's going to require to convert to all these green policies. They're not going to be able to... They just can't afford to do it, you know, and people can't afford, go look at the, at the price of a Tesla. You know, people can't afford to go buy these electric vehicles. They're states like California. Hell, they can't keep the power on half the time as it is. You know, they have rolling blackouts when it's hot or really hot or, you know, to try to keep the power on. Well, how, how are they going to suddenly 
support all these charging stations for these electric vehicles. They use wind and solar that ain't working worth a shit now. You know, people drive these electric vehicles and they're, oh, I'm making a difference. Well, you do realize that electricity you're using was generated by the use of fossil fuels, right? If, you know, they want to be serious about this. Well, for instance, these big windmills that you see, these wind generators, they literally will not produce enough wind electricity in their life to offset the amount of carbon produced to build one. They do not have that long a lifespan. They would have to run, I forget the exact number, but it was decades to offset the amount of carbon that was produced in building one and they're not recyclable. They have to bury those big, huge fan blades. They're not, there's not a way to recycle the material in them, but you know, it nice virtue signal. It's, Oh, we're, we're subsidizing wind power and we're subsidizing solar power. If you really wanted to create clean energy and you wanted to create a ready supply that would cover the need nuclear Nuclear power, as long as it's handled properly, is the cleanest and the most efficient means of producing electricity on the face of the earth. But there's not money in it. They don't, they don't make nuclear power plants in China. They make all kinds of parts for windmills and solar panels. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of these environmental regulations and this Green New Deal push is it's not that it benefits this country. Because that stuff's not manufactured in this country. You know, very little is anymore. And we see the harm of that by the shortage of things and how, you know, getting harder to find normal common items because they're sitting on a ship off the coast of California because they were made overseas. If they were produced domestically, they don't have to go on a ship. American-made goods don't go on a ship unless they're exports. But what's consumed in this country doesn't. We wouldn't have that problem. They go on a truck. They go on a rail. They are shipped directly to you. They don't have to sit on a ship off the coast of California for weeks on end. And, you know, they, the manufacturing processes, they talk about all these ways to cut carbon footprints. And, you know, well, then our economy has become so globalized that now... They produce something in China, which is the worst polluting, you know, they are the worst polluter on the face of the earth. Then they put it in a container and put it on a ship that comes across the Pacific Ocean. So now, not only are you having it produced in a nation that does squat to try to clean up their emissions, now you've got it in this ship that has to go clear across the Pacific Ocean, burning fuel the entire time. Then... It comes into a port where it has to be unloaded and stored. Then it has to be pulled out of that port by a truck. It goes to a sorting facility. It's sorted. Then it goes on a rail or another truck and is shipped out. You could eliminate, if those goods were produced domestically, you eliminate several of those steps. You know, you eliminate everything that ship burns as it's coming across the Pacific. You don't have that. It goes on a truck where, where it's produced and it's trucked somewhere else in the country. You know, you don't have things coming from clear overseas that are going, coming into a port in California that are going clear to Miami, Florida, or Boston, Massachusetts. You see those same goods, they may be manufactured in Pennsylvania. 
maybe manufactured in Ohio. They move half as far or less across land and you eliminate one entire shipping leg or possibly two. Domestic production, that's a good way to help cut emissions worldwide, you know, and we have a lot of regulations in this country that, that say, Hey, you can only, you know, you're, you can only put out this amount of emissions while you're from your manufacturing facility. We already have those. And in the last few years, we have reduced our carbon emissions farther than any other nation on the country on the face of the earth, but we don't get credit for that, you know, and more domestic production would help reduce that. You know, if they want to, they want to hold these virtue signaling meetings and sit around and talk about ignorant shit and, how we need to pay more taxes. We need a global minimum tax. We need all this and all that. The solutions that would help, they ignore. Nuclear power, domestic production, don't ship things from country to country constantly. You know, I, I don't know how much fuel a container ship with 7,500 20-foot TEU containers on it uses to go across the Pacific but I'm guessing it's a fair amount. So eliminate that. Produce your goods domestically. What China needs, let China produce. What the U.S. needs, let the U.S. produce. You know, bring our manufacturing home. You want to to clean things up, you give these companies incentives to bring manufacturing back to this country. And you kill several birds with that single stone. You create employment. You, and in a favorable job market, we see now, all the places that are paying 14, 15, 16 dollars an hour, McDonald's is paying 14 dollars an hour starting out, you know. And uh, you create, and that's right now, that's because people are lazy and don't want to go to work, but you create a competitive job market. You create where employees have options. And that creates that bloat by extension pushes wages up. So you create jobs, you create better wages, you reduce the amount of fossil fuels that are being used to transport these goods, because now instead of them coming from China, clear to Boston, Massachusetts, they're coming from Indianapolis to Boston. Well, you have reduced the amount of transportation necessary by thousands of miles. And therefore you have reduced the amount of emissions involved in that product being on the store shelf. These are common sense solutions that there's not really money in. So nobody's going to give a shit about it. You know, it, it's all about how can we generate more dollars? Where can we create new taxes? What can we do to help pad our pockets, you know, and, or pad the pockets of our sponsors. If our politicians had to wear NASCAR sponsor jackets, we'd know who to vote for a little better because we'd know who owned them, but they, they just, they don't do anything that makes sense. They have these big, big climate get-togethers. And the UN has been a useless organization for years anyway. You know, all they do is create these never-ending wars by, oh, we're putting in UN peacekeeping action. For shit's sake, China, Iran, nations like this get seats on the Human Rights Council. Some of the worst human rights violators on the face of the earth, and they get seats on the Human Rights Council. The UN has become a joke. We need to get the US out of the UN and then we need to get the UN out of the US because all we're going to see out of them is more ignorant shit like this. 
you know, they hold these climate conferences, they have these human rights meetings, they're useless. You know, they are, they absolutely serve no worthwhile purpose. And so while these meetings are going on, we're going to be seeing news come out about, oh, these nations talked about this and these nations talked about that. There will be no common sense solutions. It's all about how can we create more revenue? How can we tie our nations together even further when we need to be decoupling from all this foreign manufacturing? We need to decouple from China. We need, And I understand we have allied countries that we have manufacturing in. And yeah, it helps them, but it's not helping us. We need to worry about us. We need to fix our shit first. Part of that is bringing our manufacturing home. Part of that is... Like I said, they want to clean up emissions. Right there you go. Produce your goods domestically. You know, and I understand there are goods that we don't have the natural resources to produce and all that. I understand that. But when it's just companies going somewhere for cheap labor, bring them home. You know, tell them, hey, we're going to slap tariffs on your goods that will make, that will price you out of the market. Or you can bring your manufacturing home. Several birds killed with one stone won't happen. No money in it, you know, and it doesn't, doesn't sound sensational enough, but I just want to illustrate how useless all these big get togethers are and how counterproductive they are to what they're supposedly accomplishing. And I am not a climate change alarmist by any stretch of the imagination. I am probably the opposite of a climate change alarmist, you know, I understand climate shifts over time. You know, the earth has had ice ages. We've had super volcanoes that literally put more carbon into the air than the human, than humanity has ever produced. And the planet's still alive. So we need to start thinking about this objectively and thinking about it analytically instead of just looking and going, Oh, they're having a conference. They're going to figure something out. You've got all these idiots that will say, well, this is what the UN said we need to do. That's what we need to do. Well, the UN hasn't said anything that made sense since shit fire, 1970, 1980. You know, they they are basically just a globalist organization that is trying to do away with, with sovereignty of nations. That's the reason you see so many UN invasions of countries and, you know, nation building and regime change that is affected by United Nations coalition forces. If they want to fix the environment, start out by fixing the countries that violate it the worst. You know, quit quit having your goods made in India. Quit having your goods made in China. Get our factories out of there. You know, don't bring them home where, yeah, they may have to spend a little bit of money on environmental standards, but they create a lot of employment. And you're actually affecting, if you think this is legitimately a problem and the planet's dying, then come up with common sense solutions. Don't come up with carbon taxes and carbon markets where China can, you know, buy the right to emit more, emit more carbon emissions where India can buy the right from some other country that puts out less stuff. They can buy the right to put out more. Stop doing this virtue signaling bullshit. If you really think this is a crisis and I don't think that they believe that any more than I do, I think they just, it's something, it's a buzzword, it's a catchphrase. They can say climate crisis and everybody will jump and go, oh my God, we're all going to die. 
and we'll pay more taxes and you know people are stupid people are sheep they fall for it so it's gonna happen and our our twittiot of the week this week it kind of just an idiot thing we have listened for the last year well not year but better part of a year to jen saki the press secretary for the white house talking about pandemic of the unvaccinated we're having a pandemic of the unvaccinated you know and we've seen this on twitter we've seen it all over the place well guess who tested positive for COVID, in spite of being fully vaccinated and is now saying well i'm having only mild symptoms because i'm vaccinated i'm thankful i'm vaccinated uh jen you kind of just unsaid everything you've said about pandemic of the unvaccinated congratulations you are our twittiot of the week well that's our show that's about all we've got for you a little shorter than normal but we had kind of a lot going on today and but wanted to get down here and chat with you a little bit and i appreciate your time and thanks you for listening and if you like what you hear well tell a friend if you don't tell me it can be reached on twitter at redneck ranch pod ranting redneck pod at gmail.com and we'll we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening <laughs>